Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. We are uh, doing a quick uh, recap of Miami's 28-25 loss to North Carolina. Hurricanes had a 49-yard field goal attempt late in the game that would have tied it, probably sent it to overtime, uh, but Bubba Baxa pushed that wide left, and it was really just a game of what ifs. Uh, David, your thoughts? Really, this game kind of boiled down to the poor start in the first quarter, in my mind, where Miami's defense looked, you know, it, it was potentially the worst uh, quarter since Manny Diaz has been at Miami. Worst quarter of defense um, that I think we've seen. There was just coverage busts all over the place, miscommunications on the back end all over the place. Uh, Miami allowed a 62-yard touchdown early in the first quarter, which, you know, my, Manny Diaz's defenses have not really allowed explosive touchdowns through the air since he's been here. Um, so that was kind of surprising to see. And then, you know, Miami kind of righted the ship in the second and third quarter and even, like, the first half of the fourth quarter. Um, and Miami took a brief lead, and then North Carolina closed the game stronger than Miami did. So, you know, it was kind of the, the tale of the bookend of the game, I guess. The first quarter and fourth quarter, North Carolina won those quarters, and that kind of ended up being the difference, along with a lot of other things like special teams is still a major issue for this team. And, um, you know, there's little things, too. Like, I thought the tackling in general was poor. Uh, it's disappointing to see that, you know, this team, like Miami's MO for the last decade, I feel like, is start slow on the road against an ACC opponent. And we saw that once again. Yeah. So, you know, lots of things to talk about. We can get into it. You steer the ship, Andrew. Let's start with the special teams. I mean, what what do we think with Bubba Baxter right now? I mean, he comes out, hits the 50-yard field goal. You're like, oh, I mean, I thought there was zero chance he was going to make that <laughs> kick. Makes that kick. And then it's... We're going to miss a 26-yarder. And then I don't know if we want to put the blocked extra point on him, but, I mean, he's had a history of low kicks in the past. So right. I, I'm not giving him a real pa like a, a pass there. I mean, it was just – and then it's like when they shot over to my, uh, Manny Diaz when he was lining up for the yeah. game-tying effort. It was like this is <laughs> – we know he's not going to make it, right? Manny did have that look. Like it wasn't exactly a look of confidence. Um and look, I, I get it. Like, I know for me personally, whenever Bubba comes on the field, I don't assume he makes anything. Um, you know, the 50-yarder, like you said, yeah, that was very surprising. The 49 at the end, I mean, that's a low percentage kick. You can't expect him to make that. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, you know, these chip shots, these chip shots, like the, what was it, the 26-yarder, I think it was, like, yeah, 27 against Florida. So he's not missed two that are chip shots. You got to make those. And, you know, like you said, the extra point, I mean, the line was kind of blown up. But still, I mean, look, here's the bottom line. This team isn't necessarily good enough to blow out Power 5 opponents, right? So every point is going to matter. And that means there's going to be a lot of pressure on Bubba Baxa to perform. And thus far, he hasn't. He hasn't passed that test of being able to perform under pressure. So, 
I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I keep saying, like, I said this about the offensive line. I'm going to say it about Bubba Baxa. This is a bottom line business. And, you know, either you're good enough or you're not. And right now, Bubba's not good enough. I think one play a lot of people are going to talk about is the fourth and 15, uh, where Sam Howell was able able to keep the the drive alive and get that go-ahead score. I mean, first off, I thought Sam Howell, he's a real dude. I mean, this guy... He made some throws. I know there was coverage breakdowns in uh, that first quarter, but me and you were texting back and forth. I mean, this guy's a dude. It's easy to see why everyone wanted him. Uh, it's easy to see why he was an Elite 11 type guy. I mean, he was putting the ball on the money. But that fourth and 15, I mean, you got to get the stop there, right? After the third down? Yeah. I, I just, it's. Fourth and, you know, fourth and 17. That's what this defense prides itself on is getting in those situations and feasting and, and, for the most part, this defense forces turnovers in those situations. And Miami, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but they didn't force a turnover against North Carolina, right? So no, no. I think, I mean, that's huge. Obviously, this team thrives on that energy and that change of momentum. And they weren't able to get a turnover in this game. Um, and yeah, like you said, man, like Sam, ha- like it's kind of rare at the college level when you see a quarterback who is good and willing to push the ball down the field. And Sam, Sam is that like he makes NFL level throws outside the numbers on like the fade balls. He throws like every single one of those things is just pretty. And they're kind of right on the money, giving his receivers a chance to make plays. And I think it's interesting too. like, I want to go back and watch it. Obviously, um, watch the game and and whatnot, but kind of the sense I got just watching the game live is Miami's defensive strategy was kind of like, all right, we are going to stop the run and we are going to force Sam Howe to beat us. And for the most part, Miami, Miami did stop the run for the most part that things got loose a little bit in the fourth quarter, but you look at the final stats, Miami stopped the run. That was mission accomplished. I don't think what Miami necessarily expected was for Sam Howell to be as good as he was, and he ended up beating them flat out. He was better than their defense. 292 passing yards given up by Miami against North Carolina, the most they've given up to a P5 school in 15 games. I mean, it was unreal. And I, I was, yeah. was going to ask you, do you think – I don't even think the Amari Carter uh, targeting – like, did that really uh, change much? I know everyone hates eh. Robert Knowles, but I don't think it changed it. I mean – Knowles played my, fine to me. I mean, he – you know, they didn't pick on him. The guy they were trying to pick on was Romeo Finley, who, you know, they, they hit a big play on him once. And look, when you play these, like, spread air raid teams, they're going to target that striker on first down. Like, Dan Mullen did it too, you know. They're going to target that striker on first down little go slash fade routes because a striker is not going to be able to run with a corner. So that's some, I mean, and Finley stood up on some of those challenges and on some of them he got beat. Um, And then, you know, the first quarter was just atrocious. That's where they probably got the majority of their passing yards. Yeah. Um, They only had five uh, or five yards of offense in the second quarter. Right. I mean, look. It's crazy when you look at Miami's, like, what we know about Miami, right, for the last three years. If you look at what Miami's offensive stats were in this game, I if I told you before the game, Jaron Williams throws for 309, the running backs run for 179, and the offense does not turn the ball over, 
and they allow four sacks. Would you have guessed that Miami won that game? Absolutely, because I'll tell you why. Because for the past, oh, I don't know, I, I guess I could say 14 games, it would take away that Wisconsin game, Miami's played like a championship brand of defense. Like the defense has been good enough to win every game. And t- against North Carolina, the defense simply was not good enough yeah. for them to win, right? I mean, it, it boils down to that. Like the offense played good enough to win. I know it took a while for them to get going, but I, I, they were excellent. I where thought. do you? I mean, where do you think is the biggest drop off on defense right now? I don't know. Like I, I think know. I do I think, think they're the missing secondary. those safeties, man. I think they're missing Jaquan. They're missing Sheldrick, and then you know Mike Michael Jackson was extremely solid. I think. I think. You know the guys stepping in for those guys are talented, but they're also very young, very green. I think like there's a lot of times where I see Gervin Hall just kind of out of position, uh, kind of in no man's land. And even like on that fourth and seventeen, like I want to watch it again. Um, but the impression I got live was, you know, Trajan Bandy was kind of in the wrong spot. Like he was in no man's land, kind of covering nobody. Uh, and he just kind of let the guy that ended up catching the ball go by him. Um, yeah, well, I think I think this game definitely will will, will put it kills all the leaving early for the NFL draft uh, talk, right? Like this was a yeah. I not- mean, he didn't have a good game. Trajan didn't play well. There's no doubt. I mean, no one in the secondary really did, to be honest. Um, but yeah, well, I mean. Let's talk about the O line. Let's let's, let's yeah. shift over to the O line. What did you think of that? I thought the O line played again. I said I think it was better. I thought Jakai Clark. I mean, yeah. I think there was probably one sack he gave up, but we know it wasn't Florida's front seven. But I thought that unit looked pretty good or better. I mean, some of these play calls when they uh, try to pull a guard. I don't know what they're yeah. thinking there. That's dumb. Throw those right. away. But. I thought he was good. And then what about like Larry Hodges getting a bunch of running at, at fullback? That was unexpected. That was surprising to me. And honestly, like you pointed it out to me. I didn't really notice it. Um, but yeah, once once I realized that was Hodges, he kind of did a nice job at fullback. Like he knows where he's going and, and he opens up things for the running back. So I think, you know, that's going to end up being a kind of a nice move. But yeah, overall, the offensive line, you know, I was craving a DJ Scaife move to right tackle. I think it it has proven to be the best move for this particular offensive line. And, you know, look, are they still good? No, but they improved from the Florida game. And I think, too, Jaron Williams improved with understanding, look, my offensive line isn't going to be good, so I'm going to have to be better with taking off and running or throwing the ball out of bounds. He navigated that or pass, pass protection well, in my mind. Yeah, his eyes were way open looking down the field. I, I mean, there was multiple times where I was like, oh, I, mean, I don't know if I was looking for it, but I was like, oh, he's actually scanning the field, not trying to run or just tuck and take a sack. Yeah. What are your thoughts just... Um, so, do you feel like Jared... Like, I think Jaron played a good game. Don't get me wrong. But do you feel like he checks it down too much? Or is that just kind of what Dan Enos wants? Like, does he want to play in a 10-yard box with quick uh, passes like that? I, I feel like that's what they want to do. But I could be wrong. But you're right. I mean, there's not... if you When you're watching Sam Howell push the ball and, and throw 25-plus uh, yards to uh, right. numbers and, and targets, it was, it was the complete opposite. But 
And honestly, this might be the game, like you said, it might be what they want to do because the offensive line is so bad. So the the protection can't hold up. So, I mean, and look, Jaron, I think, executed that it's kind of an intermediate passing game, I guess. I mean, it's like right on the bubble of being a short slash intermediate passing game. But man, he does put that ball in the money in the middle of the field. So let me ask you this. Do you think that tonight was an anomaly like this is uh (laughs) is the defense gonna be this bad moving forward or i mean i I guess what are your where do you kind of stand now that we've seen two games i mean i I think this is probably well seven eight win team i just yeah i think eight wins is fair um you know look we 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 talked about i mean we said if the offense came out here and the defense played a lead. I mean, we thought this could be a 10 win team. And now yeah, I yeah, just... yeah. I'll say this for the defense. Um, like, who will be, who do you think will be as good at quarterback as Sam Howell the rest of the season? I know. I, 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 I was thinking about that coming into this podcast and I didn't want to say that because I was like, after the Florida game, we were like, well, are, we, are they ever going to see a defensive front like the, the, the Florida front? And now we're saying, oh, are they going to see a quarterback like well, Sam Howell? I mean, sure. it's fair. It's fair, though. I mean, I think Sam's going to be pretty dang good. I mean, if I'm and, a wide receiver recruit, like I'm signing to play for that, play with him. Oh, yeah. Well, I think like, you know, Bryce Perkins is a good college quarterback. Is he going to push the ball down the field and really test Miami's DBs like Sam Howell did? I don't think so. He's more of like a game manager type of quarterback. He's a good game manager, but he's not a guy that's going to really challenge this secondary. Um, so I think Miami does have that going for it. Um, so yeah, I think I'm like somewhere in the middle. Like, do I think do I think the defense will be this bad moving forward? No, but clearly they're not going to be a top, you know, twenty defense in the country, in my opinion. Just because I think it's it's the secondary, like we said. I mean, they're very good against the run. I mean, they essentially pretty much yeah, eliminated yeah. the run. But I, they're just, I, is there, there's just been too many not recruiting misses, but there's just hasn't been a, as much development. I mean, it, there was going to be a time when guys were going to have to grow, and that was the growing pains tonight. Yeah, and it'll be interesting too. Like, you know, you wrote earlier in the week about Bubba Bolden not being able to go till October 5th, which is the Virginia Tech game. And, you know, that'll probably give them a lift, don't you think? Like, I think he's yeah, clearly I was thinking about that. talented. It was like once Amari went out, it's like, damn, don't you think they'd love if they could put like Bubba in this game? Yes. But, you know, like I said earlier, Robert Knoll I mean, gets a lot of crap, but he really didn't play that bad tonight. Um, final thing for me, I don't know what else you kind of got written down. Uh, just no Tate Martell. Like, what, did I miss him? Like, I, I... yeah, I, I don't, I don't remember him getting in the game either. Um, I mean, know. I'm not, I'm not clamoring for him to be in the game. I just want to be clear no. on this, but like, you know, he's like brought up all the time. Manny says they have a package for him. And then it's like, he don't, we don't see it at all. I mean, we saw the wildcat a little bit. It was just, I was take odd was the word I would use. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, on the flip side of that, they made a point to give, you know, Brian Hightower, Mark Pope, D. Wiggins a handful of snaps, right? So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just a bunch of juggling there, I think. I, it, I, you know, they like KJ, they like Jeff, they like Mike. Those are their three. I thought 
on defense, Greg Russo. I'm I'm all in on him. He needs to get more snaps. Love him in that third down package where he drops in a coverage or he'll blitz. I mean, he's so long. Uh, that's one positive, I guess, if you take out this game. Get him on the field more. Tell me this. Do you think they should run the ball more? Oh man, I I said that. I mean, what are they like fourteen and one when they when they run for over two hundred yards and they're in the in the past fifteen times they've done that. I don't understand why they don't give Cam Harris the ball more. I think you texted me this that you know he think you think he might be the best back on the team and I mean it's clear it's pretty clear. I mean he runs hard, he runs fast, and I don't know. I would I would just I think they could have ran all over North Carolina all night, but they also threw so for three hundred three hundred right. yards so. Right, and it's not like Jaron was throwing picks or anything. I get it, but like, I don't know, man. Fourteen attempts for DJ, ten attempts for Cam. Like, can we get like ten more from those two? Like, you know, get DJ up to like nineteen and Cam up to fifteen. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I I just I don't know if like this off it like if they're so pass happy moving forward. I don't know if that's going to be a good thing, but. Jaron did play well. I mean, I'm not saying he didn't. Um, I don't know. It just makes me nervous with the offensive line, I guess is what I'm saying. Two games, no picks for Jaron Williams. Pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really, like, off the top of my head, I, I don't remember, like, a dangerous ball in this UNC game. Do you? No. Yeah. No. What did you think? Uh, okay, can we nitpick something? Yeah. Do you Go. nitpick? Do you nitpick Jaron on the two point conversion? Should he have should he have run for that two point conversion rather than throw the little pass to Will Mallory? I think so. I don't know. I think maybe I don't want to say he was gun shy, but I also thought on the in the third quarter uh, when they ran that read option, I also thought he got it. So I, maybe his confidence was low in that. I, I don't know. I thought he should have ran, ran as well. I think he had it wide open. I think it would have been an easy run. But yeah, I mean, like I said, it's nitpicking. A lot of nitpicking with Miami football these days. A lot of what ifs. It's fun. Yeah, two games just full of what ifs, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's. I mean, you know, to be frank, that's kind of what you do with average teams. So, all right. Well, that's going to wrap it up uh, this edition of Through the Smoke. Um, I'm sure we'll go more in depth here uh, at some point later this week and get you ready for uh, who's the next game? Bethune Cookman. So. Uh, Yeah, hang in there, fans. I know it was a difficult one. We'll talk to you guys later. Take care.